What is a mazurka? It's a question that's actually kind of hard to answer. It's a Polish folk dance in triple time, of course, and Chopin basically introduced them to the classical canon with his collection of 58 pieces that he composed throughout his life. After he moved to Paris as a 20-year-old promising young musician in 1831, he never actually returned to his homeland Poland because of political reasons, but in a way he was in touch with the Polish culture and spirit through composing pieces in these dance forms, like in Polonaises, that's bigger and heroic pieces, in waltzes that also have a universal appeal, but perhaps most intimately in mazurkas. Now what makes a piece into a mazurka? Well, the triple time signature is basically the only thing that's absolutely certain. The tempo could be fast or could be slow. If we go back to the actual folk music, apparently the scholars say that there are three different kinds of dances that Chopin draws upon but still includes under the title of mazurka and that they bring kind of different types of energy to the different types of mazurkas. Anyway, the A minor mazurka here is very much at the slower end. But there is something going on with the meter that sets it apart from a waltz, which is another dance in triple time. So in a waltz we always have this strong first beat followed by weak second and third beat. Um, ba, um, ba. But in a mazurka there is always more things going on in each bar so that these beats need some more time. For example, you can have accents on the second or the third beat which will create an unevenness in the meter and this apparently comes from an important step in the mazurka dance of a kind of a skip and then landing on the accented beat, that's not the first beat. We'll see this in the music and generally I think it helps a lot to think in this way, almost like the hands are dancing a bit to get in the right musical flow of playing dances. Now melodically there are often dotted rhythms that's put together with straight quarter notes or eight notes or triplets in various ways and one of these ways make up like a signifying mazurka rhythm. It's when you have busy notes on the first beat and straight notes on the second and third beats. So not about the accents here, that's another feature of mazurka. So either a dotted rhythm bam 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 or straight eighth notes ba ba bam bam or triplets ba bam 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 like they're not as pervasive to a mazurka as like the polonaise rhythm is to a polonaise piece it's not like you have to have this rhythm all the time but you see them a lot in the mazurkas uh, because we have this a lot of things going on with the uh, small rhythmic cells within each bar to make it the kind of a dance feeling of a mazurka. Now when we turn to this specific mazurka, it's in a way unusually slow. Lento, but manon troppo, not too much still. So when the melody enters, it sounds like this. So it's like a very still atmosphere. It's reminiscent of the famous prelude in E minor. pulsating chords and the slow melody and the chromatically going downward. This is a little bit more lively in triple time uh, but still the same type of chord configuration and slowly moving the inner voices one note at a time especially here the chromatic
Anyway, I've skipped over the intro, which is an important part of the piece, of course. So we start with this pianissimo sotto voce, like a vague thought just entering the mind. So the second pedal, probably. Like it's very unclear where the beat is and what the key is. It feels more like it's F major. Then when the melody enters, we get the mazurka rhythm. Bum ba dum bum. Still not clear tonally where we are really. Could be still F major, but it's a super nice connection with the first three notes here. It's a ascending motif. It's in the intro in the middle voices. The same notes, but here's equal. Like hinting about what's to come. And the harmony here, we start with this half diminished. B half diminished with A in the bass. And again, F major could be the tonic, we don't know yet. Here, G7. We kind of expect it to resolve to C, but Chopin makes a deceptive cadence here. In, we instead go to E minor. So it keeps on the momentum pointing forward. And then we get a psi motive in the music, if there ever was one. It feels very hopeless here, like big size. Oh, no. But we reach this E7 here, we get a kind of a credential move, the bass moves down to an A. And we get this kind of extended appoggiatura. So here we start to feel the A minor. It's still not perfectly settled, because here we get a repeat of this same material, 8 bars. Chopin goes for another round, so we go immediately into the first chord, which is this half diminished. the second time with a bit of variation of course. A little bit more moving here with the triplets. So even if it's this like lento and still atmosphere, I like to feel it a bit dancing and like move the hand uh, in a way like a, a bit of a dance. And here this lovely place. Uh, the same left hand harmony, the G7, but it's filled out with a signature Chopin flurry of notes, delicatissimo. So when I'm playing, I, I'm kind of thinking to match the top note with the last chord, makes it a little bit easier, but still not perfectly. It's like the right hand should be kind of disconnected from the left hand. It's probably I'm playing it after the chord anyway. I think it's possible. So this is the same kind of size, but they're in new version. The first time it's... And second time after the beat. And it's like an outburst.
And here we reach a proper full cadence on the second time. So this is like now we're uh, definitely in A minor and it feels like a typical mazurka for this phrase. And I like to lift the pedal on the two to get the kind of a jumping feeling. And here we get another repetition. Um, so this is basically two times eight bars, 16 bars. Now we get this part again, 16 bars, but more variation. So we start off pretty much the same back to the stillness. By the way, even these size, uh, I feel the, like the wrist is, is very much playing with the wrist. Like, so you can like let go of the note if I can keep it in the pedal, like here. You can play it like that, it really feels viscerally really nice to play, to, to let go of the note. Uh, it's only possible when I can keep it in the pedal here, but here I need to keep the note. And now here we get a new version of uh, this bar. It's like it's stuttering. Like it's so emotional. Very hard to fit all these notes there. Super nice. Reaching up, soaring a bit. Same. And that's the second time. Now we get some new material that sounds like this. So I like to kind of go forward here to feel a contrast in the music because this feels more like a mazurka dance again. And here we get this step in the dance of landing on an accented beat. Landing on the floor. And then this, uh, this last two bars is kind of closing it and transitioning back to the atmosphere of the stillness. Um, written auto. So here we get yet another round of the 16 bars, which is pretty much like the first time this time. which prepares the middle section which comes here. So it's completely new material. It's like the opposite in many ways. It's in A major. It's very clearly defined, the tonality with a drone fifth all the way through and the meter is very clear 
Uh, this is more of a typical mazurka again. Uh, the rhythm uh, with even straight uh, eight notes. Pa pa pam pam pa pa pam. I think for playing this, it helps to think each bar as one unit. And again, like a little bit of a movement, not too much of the legato lines for two bars. So more like instead of. That's, it's not as interesting in a way. Sometimes it's the opposite. You need to think longer lines. But here, I don't know. I'm not an expert in mazurkas. Actually, I uh, pretend that I am, <laughs> maybe, but uh, I haven't played many, but it is an important part of Chopin, so you you really should try them out if you're playing Chopin to get a feel for it. So it's two short phrases, then one longer, we grow upward. skip again amazing nice half cadence so we get uh, going from tonic to the dominant and end on the dominant that's a half cadence on the second beat and lovely e9 here with the extensions as uh, passing notes back to the a and i think lift the pedal here don't be afraid to lift the pedal it's written out with breaks even if there's a legato in the melody, you can keep the legato in the fingers. And a lot of time to go back. Of course, this is repeated. A lot of repetitions in dance forms. But now we take a new path. see again clearly accents on not the first beat but here the second beat and again grounded with this a fifth so we're on the dominant here uh, to um, a e7 to a dominant like a perfect cadence here but with a a all the time underneath folk music like and back to another repetition of this so this is like the first time the jump and the fourth time maybe the most dolce I think the, the fourth time makes sense for me So it finally breaks free from all this repetition uh, with an outburst. Fortissimo in this piece is like nothing else than pianissimo or piano and suddenly big outburst to, to mark the closing of the middle section and bring us back to the recapitulation and repeat of the main section and the main melody. So again... Reaching the F on top, it's like an E7, the flat 9, with an A, just staying here. And... We recognize this, it's the same. 
hopeless here. And now... I love this bar because all the three other times before we have this uh, fast quick notes the chromatics and whatever but it's like here after the middle section it's like we don't have the same kind of energy to do that and so here less is more instead and we get this amazing contour of going between the high and the middle register like just let it be equal triplets that's fine it's beautiful Nice extra voice on top here, the final time. And we actually only get this one time here, these 16 bars. And here starts the closing section of the piece, like a coda, some new material, it sounds like this. This we get repeated one time. It's almost like a waltz feeling in the accompaniment. But still with the dotted things going on in the melody. It's more of the chromatic going down like the E minor prelude feeling here. Like change one note at a time we get some nice chromatic passing chords. Very typical Chopin. Here a final finesse. So the first two bars of the main melody, the one that we get so many times. Uh, whenever we hear it as that melody, it's two bars as the antecedent part of a phrase. And then we get the answering after that. Answer. Like that. But here we get these two bars, but as the answer instead. Uh, so if I play the melody a little bit quicker, going down here. So it's even notes and it's resolved to A minor. So it's a little bit different, but still it's the same material as but it's in another position in the phrase structure. So it's like a poetic property that's very nice. You recognize it, but it's the same, but also something new at the same time. We saw it also in the prelude in C minor. That's like basically a, a condensed poem, that piece. You can check that out. I made a video on it. Anyway, after this, now we get the eight bars of the coda again. But sotto voce, maybe left pedal here, and some extra top notes. The answer there. Now, this basically gets a little bit fragmented over the last bars here. Uh, Uh, 
And this A feels really like the last note of the piece, like the dot of the mazurka. And then we get the outro. There's four bars left and it's the same four bars as the intro. So it's really nice like uh, bookends of the piece. It's You can almost say it's like uh, the first intro is saying once upon a time there was a mazurka and then the mazurka is done and they lived happily ever after. Or did they? It's more like they lived in this dreamy and airy state ever after. Uh, super nice way to mark the piece. It's really a feature that makes it into the famous piece that it is, I think. Because it is it is like a dream world. It is a bit ambiguous and unclear that great music is a lot of the time. But it is also very potent and beautiful. That's Chopin's Mazurka in A minor, opus 17, number 4. Thanks for watching Sonata Secrets. The Patreon shoutout goes to S. Holmes.